I heard this briefly uh, earlier this morning. Uh, Shay was talking about it, about why Alberta is giving the tourist industry its own immigration system. Now, here in the province of Alberta, this new stream, they're calling it, is aimed at temporary foreign workers who are already working in the province's tourism industry and wish to stay in Canada permanently. Workers uh, in 18 different job categories will be eligible for this. So I'd like to talk about it a little more because not everybody would have caught that this morning. Like, what's this all about? Who's going to benefit the most from this? Obviously, uh, the tourist sector's got to be excited by it. We're going to find out because Darren Reeder is joining us. He is with the Tourism Industry Association of Alberta, and he's the president and CEO. Hello, Darren. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Hang on, Darren. There we go. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. No problem. Can you explain what this is all about, this uh, this stream, so maybe people can kind of get a handle on what's going on here? Well, I think this is all part of a larger strategy to welcome more people to Canada to deal with our shifting demographics and the need for more immigration long-term to uh, replace some of the people that are uh, leaving the workforce, quite frankly. Uh, for tourism specifically, this has been a long-set uh, challenge uh, trying to deal with our labor needs. In fact, this was a bit of a crisis before the pandemic, uh, but we lost a lot of workers coming out of the pandemic. And as much as tourism has recovered, we're still down about 10% from pre-COVID levels. Where this is contextual is the government has set a very ambitious target to build tourism into a $25 billion a year industry mm-hmm. by the year 2035. We're at about $10.7 billion today. So when we look at what that uh, might entail from a product development perspective, from a people development perspective to service that kind of demand, we're forecasting that we will probably need no fewer than 100,000 additional workers coming into this industry. So given the challenges pre-COVID with trying to meet that uh, need, uh, with all the immigration challenges we have, the demographic shift in the country, this is going to be a necessary approach to building the capacity of this industry. So we're quite frankly very excited about this new program stream. Darren, stay with me with this on uh, on this one for a second. To me, my take is it sounds like these are lower paying jobs, but we're trying to get people to come to Canada to take on these jobs with the opportunity to maybe stay here permanently. Am I way out to lunch on that? No, 100%. This is about trying to provide people with a path to residency. And we've always believed as an industry, if someone is good enough to be welcome to come work here temporarily, first of all, it's a misnomer to say it's a temporary problem we have. This is a permanent structural challenge. But if they're good enough to come here on the first condition, then they should be able to realize a dream of pursuing permanent residency, which this path does provide. Taking a look at some stats, I know notice from Jasper, and I'm sure Banff is the same, if not even worse. It's uh, so hard to get people to go there to work. There was a time where Canadians would just flock there. Now it's not quite that that intense, so you have to find a way to fill, I guess, the uh, the fill the glass a little more half full. Is that what we're hoping for out of this? Well, 100%. I think our resorts are a great example where historically they did attract people from around the world that wanted to come and work for four and five month engagements. And that model has worked. But as tourism has become more of a, not just a seasonal industry, but more of a year round industry, we need additional people that want to come into the labor force that actually view this as a long term career trajectory, not just a three to four month bleep on a tour of other countries that they want to visit and work in. So Banff has always had this cyclical challenge of trying to attract seasonal workers in, but always with a desire to build a more permanent year-round labor force. So this idea that people can come in through a temporary path and find 
uh, way to integrate into the community as a permanent resident is a wonderful story. And I think Banff has a wonderful uh, uh, track record of inviting so many people that have integrated into the community. When she jumped on this story earlier today, some people had allegations that maybe the people who were coming here, hoping to stay here permanently, the jobs that they were taking, they weren't necessarily treated all that well, or the jobs were too low paying. Is there any kind of a check and balance in place to make sure that they are looked after the same way anybody else would be at any other different position? Well, 100%. I mean, there is oversight within the program. I mean, uh, um, employers are aware of the fact that there could be audits at any given time. Mm -hmm. And to the point of allegations of abuse, whatever you want to define as abuse, intimidation, bullying, uh, coercive language, uh, there are options. There is uh, channels for vulnerable workers to register a complaint online. Uh, There are regulations within the uh, IRCC, so the Employment uh, Refugees Regulation, uh, that are very very clear on how abuses will be dealt with. This isn't a matter that employers would take lightly. I think it's really important to emphasize. Uh, you can be removed from the list of eligible uh, employers uh, capable of accessing this program. You can face very significant fines. You can receive the removal of all temporary foreign workers that have come through a labor market impact assessment process removed from your workforce. So employers that have engaged in this activity either are completely naive as to what the rules are and the consequences, or they would willfully go there, at which case, you know what, they will be removed from the program. So I'm not doubting for a moment that there have been problem employers within this industry looking across a whole number of industry segments, not just tourism and hospitality, but I have seen evidence time and time again that the majority of people do the right thing the majority of times. They want to see people succeed, and you don't make the investment in trying to have someone come in and go through this process of a temporary foreign worker application and then pursue the path of permanent residency and not want to see them succeed. I know this is kind of a hypothetical, but I was thinking about this over the lunch hour. And I guess the the best way to put it is, do you think somebody might be scared to blow the whistle on an employer because they would be afraid that they may do something in terms of them having an immigration success down the road? I, you know what, I, I would be venturing a guest to, to respond to that. So I, I would really say the rules are there to protect the people that are potentially, as the definition would be, okay. vulnerable. Uh, there should be promotion of that. Employers should uh, be bringing that to people's attention. I think that's part of what these compliance audits bring up, up, is whether or not there's been any issues within the organization to suggest that people wouldn't know about their options if they have concerns as the worker. Some other provinces have uh, policies like this in place. How do you compare Alberta's to those other provinces, and what are you hearing? Is there any feedback on, on what we've got in place here in Alberta? Well, of course, the program we're speaking of here is a brand new program, so we have not seen what the uh, requirement details or exactly how it's going to roll out until March 1st, so it would be a bit premature to compare that uh, uh, extra-provincially. We need uh, no next door that Saskatchewan has had uh, a similar path that has been open to them for a while. Mm-hmm. There's been success, but I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have any numbers and uh, no, no ability to speak to And that, that, that's okay. And as for the 18 job categories, what would they be? Um, you know what, I don't have that right in front of me. So it would be positions like maitre d', um, um, food and beverage server, 
I think light duty cleaners, those are three that come to mind. Uh, but yes. Those sound, those sound those like basic, that sounds like a basic tourism uh, kind of position. So, so I, to- I totally get that. So you're very optimistic moving forward on this then? Well, 100%. Uh, again, our challenge in meeting the economic goal of the future is going to be about having strategies in place right. that helped us purposely build a labor force. And I think it's really important to say here, too, that we have a lens, a very strategic lens, on how we try to create a culture of engagement with students going through the school system today to understand about what careers in tourism and hospitality look like. Many of them have a technology dimension, a revenue dimension, financial modeling perspective. This is not all frontline service, but there is definitely that dimension of it as well. But we want people to realize that uh, there is no better opportunity than trying to get to the hearts and minds of young people and then waking the opportunity to careers in tourism and hospitality. But even if we're highly successful, this path and reliance on future immigration into the country, tourism and hospitality is going to need access to that program as well because we do have economic needs and as I said we have some fairly ambitious stretch goals and 100,000 additional workers in this industry is going to have to be supported through programs like the temporary foreign worker program just full stop. Hey Darren how long to get the provincial government to step in like this? Has this been building for a while? Have they Uh, had other programs in place? Yeah, this has been building for a while, but okay. I want to say this is a real strategically aligned um, response and commitment, I think, of what the province has said with wanting to build a $25 billion tourism industry. This definitely is one of the foundations that's going to help. We're just talking about the fact that we're almost hitting the four-year anniversary of when the pandemic came in. How are we doing over these last four years? Are we able to get people spending again and visiting other places in our province rather than leaving the province? Yeah, 100%. And the good news story is is that Alberta's really been leading the country. Uh, We've actually exceeded pre-COVID revenue levels by about 6%. Uh, so 2022 was the last year we closed out at about $10.7 billion. So the good news is, is Canadians have been generous. Albertans have been very generous in getting us there. But it's been the result of a very disciplined plan about how we're trying to present tourism experiences. Uh, we have wonderful partners in the likes of WestJet that are building new direct air route capacity to markets where bringing international tourism matters. So I would love to say that we continue to lead the country in the recovery here. But that's not to be confused with the fact that we are still doing it. Right about the labor force that we had before. The potential for additional revenue spend would be that much higher if we had the people to service all the demand. And that's where we're coming up short. Totally agree. If you can't have somebody serve you at a restaurant, what's the point, right? So, 100%. got it. Hey, Darren, thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it.